Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. Podcast where we go through the entire filmography and discography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have a very, very special repeat guest, Ms. Lindsay McLaughlin. Hello. And today we are having me. Today, we are talking about Tony Collette and the finish. Tony Collette's band that she started with her husband, David, around 2006, and their first album, Beautiful Awkward Pictures. First and only. First and only. It had two singles, the title track and Look Up. Uh, She's been compared to Kate Bush, to Imogen Heap, to Tori Amos, to Suzanne Vega. Allegedly, her publicist told a reporter that she was like a female Nick Cave, but less dark. And I read an interview with her where she, uh, the interviewer said, are you concerned that people normally don't take actresses seriously when they try to transition into musical careers? And she said, I have no doubt the criticism is already happening, but I cannot listen to the haters. And we are so glad that she didn't because I thought that this album had some bangers. What did you think, Jake? I think it slapped so hard. I think it really did come at a personal moment for me um, where I was ready for it because I've been leaning into folk recently as of my, as I'm aging. And, um, you know, Taylor Swift's latest works have dipped into folk and, you know, Lana Del Rey's newest album is folky. And I've just been listening to some folky things and like going on to like the folky ass Spotify playlist, not just these like mainstream women, but you know, like dipping down in there. And I think Tony really fits in with this. Um, I'd also love Imogen Heap. I'm rambling a lot, but you know what? I really like this a lot more than I thought I would. And I wish she made another album, but I'm kind of glad she did because this is just going to be one of those little secrets. What about you, Lindsay? I am surprised at the positive <laughs> reviews that I'm hearing of this album which to me could only be described as bad. I did not, I would never want to come on this show to flame Tony in any way. And I really certainly could say positive things, although I would not compare her to any other musician (laughs) in the sense that I don't think that she's either, I, I, I don't think she's a, a poet and I don't think she's a composer. This album, however, is raw, Tony. She's not hiding behind any of the traditional drippings of music. <laughs> Sorry, drippings? Not, <laughs> yes. It's... I just think it's very, well, I can go on. You will go on. on. I want to take a moment. I think, I think we should all share what kind of music we like as as people. (laughs) I love this type of music. I love sad woman music. I love the musicians that you named that she has been compared to, save for Imogen Heap. You don't love Imogen? (laughs) <laughs> are you kidding you know what we are not the same you and i Lindsay. i realize i don't like lana or taylor either. i know you don't well listen i reluctantly liked taylor and i actually enjoyed it more i like one taylor song 
What from folklore? In the Invisible String. I do like that song. So well, what like do it. you like? You like sad women like you like you like uh, Natalie and Bruglia torn. Yeah, I like How that song. How dare you, but <laughs> I like that song. That's a sad woman song. Likes that song. You need you need to listen to Running Up That Hill. I, yeah, love, I love Running Kate Up Bush. That Hill. Are you kidding? I it's love in Kate pose. Bush. I love I love Lucinda Williams, who I think Tony might be trying to be. I love. Do you like Brandy Carlisle? Women. No. <laughs> She's the folk for a woman. Brandy Carlisle, isn't she um She's making a lesbian. my way downtown? Isn't she making no. my way downtown? That's Vanessa Carlton. Okay. Brandy Carlisle is Brandy Carlisle is an iconic Americana lesbian who's like randomly always performing at the Grammys and no one knows who she is, but she's so talented. What songs does she sing? The joke. I was excited to do this episode because I don't have any musical talents or skills or even like the language with which to describe mm. what I dis or dislike about music. So I Kim likes Fiona Apple and um, Neutral Adina Milk Hotel and Neutral Milk Hotel, <laughs> so. as we've discussed recently on the pod. Mm-hmm. These, uh, I thought that Tony was giving me an Adina vibe in this album. Oh, for sure. Jaw on the floor. Jaw on the floor. Total Idina vibe. Do you know Idina's personal musical solo career, Lindsay? No. It's a lot like this. It's a lot like this. It's a lot like this. Well, I thought. I believe that. So if we want to get into the songs, I thought that. I do. I thought that the opening number, This Moment is Golden, had like a no good deed vibe to it. Yep. Who is no good deed? Come on. From Wicked. Oh. Like okay. when she's casting spells. <laughs> it just seems like she's casting a spell. I really yeah, want to see song. like this song to me is what lip syncing was invented for because <gasps> I was just like around, just not even dancing, just sitting down, moving my arms around, lip syncing to it. Just feeling oh. it. I have no idea what the song was about, but it was a vibe. It was a mood piece, as Nick Offerman says in Hearts mm-hmm. Beat Loud. Oh, I I cried at the trailer of that movie three times. And by that, I mean, I watched the trailer three times and cried every time. And then I saw it in theaters. And you did? It, I preferred the trailer. We just <laughs> covered it a few weeks ago. It was... um. I was good. so I bored by she, it. I forgot she was in that movie. She's the record store owner who has a flirtation uh, with Ron Swanson. Yeah. I remember seeing that and being like, what? That the was the first movie she did. What is Tony Collette doing here? It was the first movie she did after Hereditary. She was like, give me the most nothing part. So back to This Moment is Golden, my new favorite Slaps. song of all time. Slaps. What I, I love that, Lindsay, for your notes, you told us that you annotated the lyrics. Yes. I would say that something that really struck me listening to the whole album, and it wasn't until I was a few songs in, well, so I, I was telling Sam and Jake before we started recording, recording, pardon, that I, my, I took notes by whatever, copy and pasting all the lyrics onto one document and annotating them. But so I was able to go back and, you know, look at the other songs and try and make comparisons Ooh. in my mind while I was listening. 
I noticed a few songs in that she uses almost no figurative language whatsoever, which to me is shocking because I feel like that is I'm gonna most say folk music does L- use that. Lyrics right? are poetry. <laughs> And I might not write a poem with no figurative language. I feel like that's a pretty important part of poetry and the sign of a true poet to skillfully use figurative language. No figurative language in her songs, except for Cowboy Games. She started to get a little experimental. The final song. Yes. And it's interesting because she uses such simple so rude she uses such simple language and yet it doesn't make very much sense i feel like her lyrics um they go into the idea that she's trying to express like she'll she'll use a word for a concept like in the um hold on i'm trying to figure out what i'm oh for tender hooks she's talking about like desire and access and excess the song about sex yeah mm. and physical prowess we'll get there <laughs> oh um i was thinking that i could have used some more imagistic language i think there. a tender hook is an image though that is true i thought that tender hook was the the phrase tender hooks which i meant to google although oh i, I did co- google it okay what is it <laughs> Well, tender hooks is a common uh, misspelling of the word tenter hooks. Tenter hooks, which is a thing in uh, in like architecture or buildings or something. But the phrase on tenter hooks means Mm -hmm. that you're in nervous anticipation. So it's kind of like walking on eggshells almost, or not walking on eggshells, but like you're kind of like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? I haven't heard that phrase in so long. But I um, did like that she said tender hooks. I thought that I it was that. I thought it was nice. I thought oh, wait, that let's... was one of her strongest phrases that she used in the whole album. So going back to um, the first song, I really think I'm noticed I'm I have the lyrics here in front of me. And you know what? I think you do have a point, Lindsay, that you know, maybe maybe it's not the most figurative thing, but I you know what? The, the the lyrics in front of me they, they're all the chorus is in all caps mm-hmm. oh mine as well I went anything to that is possible well. and everything is probable in everything here in here in here these lungs are filling this like drown in love that's figurative she uses the word <laughs> tremulous oh a seahorse never... on sunset a seahorse on yes, sunset that right? was interesting um as we know seahorse male seahorses can give birth so maybe that's what she's talking about. <laughs> I um, think so. I think um, so. I finished this album and I was like, surely she and her husband got divorced immediately after it was recorded. <laughs> no! This album is... A, okay, when we get to, what's it called? Tent dance? Tent dance? Tent waltz. Yes. Thank you. That was... Well, halfway through the album, it really coheres conceptually. It does. And that was when I realized, like, this is about a relationship falling apart, breaking apart at the seams. And I 
think that there could be something to be said for the seahorse being about men carrying children. (laughs) I felt sure. I was shocked that she reported this with her husband because it was very raw emotionally in that in that sense for me. I was often yeah. wondering like what like what relationship she was trying to unpack here, but I don't want to feel this close to Tony Collette as a person because we've mm. dedicated this podcast to like dissecting her filmography and sure. being like very, very critical of lots of elements in them. With something as personal as this, it like it's all you feel Tony. bad. It's all Tony. There's nothing. Yeah. You're worried about this, but I think she put it out there for us to do this. <laughs> and I, I'm just like, I'm excited. I think this whole, this is an experimental episode for us. You know, we're getting to know the real Tony and it's hard. It's scary. We, you know, we've seen her for so long, almost two years now. And she's just this beacon of talent. And you know what? I'm loving this version of her. And I think we should not be afraid I'm thinking we should not be afraid to just get our tender hooks into her. I will say also to her credit, and I think that maybe the album's strength is in the kind of raw emotional elements because, again, not to return to the whole figurative language thing, although that to me was very striking, because she doesn't strike me as someone with a very impressive musical knowledge it's everything's right at the surface so she's not putting any she's not hiding anything away it's all very very exposed immediately so i was really excited to be coming on this episode because this is tony at her realist in a way where you really cannot get her in a movie there's way too many other factors at play, or show, of course, or anything else. There's too many other factors at play for the real Tony to come come through. And that is, that's all we're getting here. I agree. And I think you, you know what, I have a question for you. Did you like, what do you think of her vocals? Her vocals were, were okay. She, she I don't have any kind of I'm not a singer of course you're a vocal coach you're a noted vocal coach I'm a vocal coach coach <laughs> I'm a vocal coach um I'm a, I'm vocal, a vocal coach, coach. though not for singing <laughs> 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 and just for myself probably for free pro bono yes so I thought her voice was pretty good and I really did pretty I good. do appreciate when somebody um knows their range and sings within it in interesting ways i think the melodies were pretty good and like not it never felt like she was pushing i wanted her to push i wanted her to push more i'm a fan of belting of course me too if we can because this ties in to the next song my favorite track really (laughs) interesting my favorite track that was by far skip this is my least favorite it was my least favorite I, well, I'll tell you when we get to my least favorite track. <laughs> Mosaic this is my skip Life, track. Okay. Mosaic Life, my first note, and right away I wrote this, I annotated over the title because I recorded the title before each song. But I wrote sexy song, exclamation point. 
Because the intro music, I think that this is the strongest song musically. Chorus. Okay. The the vocals. Okay, well, I'll say my one of my favorite vocals on the whole album is, or I mean lyrics. She says, who am I at age 33? Am I deceived? Yes. Gladly. I really like that. The chorus is trash. <laughs> chorus is trash. <laughs> but... The, Mosaic line, kaleidoscope mind. I don't remember how this goes actually. Uh, how does it go? It goes on. I really wanted her. Like, kaleidoscope mind. Oh yeah. Blind by design. I really wanted her to like go up the octave near one of the um. Yeah. Near the end with the chorus, it always seems like she's gonna. She's Take it holding up. back. Yeah, it seemed like she know. was I holding think... back vocally. Maybe she's ahead of her time. I think, you know, Billie Eilish, you know, there's a whole vibe nowadays of people just like. That's true. They just whisper saying. And you know what? This was in an age when people were belting a lot more. I would say this reminds me of like Nora Jones um, era, kind of lo fi, kind of like coffeehouse music. Does that make sense? Yes. You would get this CD for free at Starbucks. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Or you would, or I would steal all of them and put them in my pants. <laughs> you pervert. Uh, but anyway, no, I like Mosaic Life. And what do we think of the production of these songs? Because I really kind of enjoyed the strange, kind of adventurous rock. But like, it's like you're hearing a rock concert from another room. I would like to point out that this music was produced by a company called Hula Hoop Records. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're hopeless if your album is being produced by Hula Hoop Records. Hula Hoop Records, <laughs> you're That's on notice. Records. You are on notice. <laughs> you're like holding your rocks glass. What are you drinking? I need a drink. I'm I'm drinking a a vodsod with cherry flavored vinegar in it. Vinegar? It's my new it's my new drink of choice. I call it vinegar drink. And usually I like the celery flavored vinegar, but Ooh. all we had was cherry. Hit me up with that. I'm drinking a non-alcoholic euphoric. Um, it's called a euphoric and it's I got it at a non-alcoholic liquor store. And the whole Manhattan has everything. It's called Spirited Away. Get it? And it's called Kin. And it's just like, it kind of, it's kind of like a liquid kind of CBD vibe, I think. It's, it's supposed to like oh. stimulate you. And like, this one's supposed to make you more social. So I'm using it for my podcast. Oh, good. Wow. Cool. So that was a plug. That was our first ad ever on the show. <laughs> SponCon. Um, SponCon. I'm a slut for SponCon. I love to skip through it. And um, I would love to have some spawns if you're listening and you want to spawn us. That would be so fun. Hula Hoop you Records, heard. I'm talking to you. Hula Hoop Records. Um, I have, so I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a phrase I've been seeing online a lot recently is fell off. Which I've been kind of trying to figure out how I 
I haven't Googled it yet, but I've been trying to figure out how I can use it. But I think that it means, well, let me ask you, do either of you know what it means? Fell off? Yeah, fell off. Like, he fell of... off with this one. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that, I have so. no idea. You are younger than us. You are. That's true. My, one year. <laughs> my Gen Z cusp is showing. <laughs> um, But I'm seeing it a lot on Twitter. And I think that it maybe means... I think it's negative, like you took a wrong turn here. Um, And I, when the first chorus began. Of Mosaic Life. Of Mosaic Life, I wrote, fell off, question mark. (laughs) Because I was thinking I was liking this song before the chorus. I've expressed my thoughts on the chorus clearly, but (laughs) I, I didn't really realize that Tony would fall off as I understand it many more times in this album <laughs> I um, real quick want to counter you with uh, another Gen Z-ish phrase that I've seen on the etherwebs and that would be ate like she ate like ate shit no, no, but like I think it's a good thing it means like they ate which means they, oh, um, they, or they ate. like oh they ate it up they like, ooh, oh. she ate that whole thing. Like, so good. So I would counter to say that I think Tony really ate the album. <laughs> this is somewhat related, but on, I saw a meme yesterday. You know that picture of Beyonce from the Grammys where she's just like, what? You know, it's yes. like a picture of her. She's like, huh? Um, she's like, huh? So the caption was um, showing the bouncer your ID and then it was like, they give it back to you super quickly. And then you're like, what? that was fast. And the bouncer goes, yeah, I saw the 19. Can you believe that means <laughs> if you were born? Yeah. If you were born in any of the 1900s, you're allowed to oh, drink. I thought, that you were that? Saying, I thought you were saying that it, <laughs> it was a joke where the bouncer wouldn't let anyone in unless they were over 100 and 21 years old. <laughs> no, because get it? I people wish. are now 21 who were born in 2000. Wow. That's disgusting. That's Jesus disturbing. Fuck. People are in college who were born in 2003. Guys, oh. the years start coming and they don't stop coming. They ate. They did. They ate, though. Wow. So the next Yeah, the next track is what? Is look, look up. up. Oh, oh, okay. Which, this one's great. This I one might fucking this one, slaps. I might put this one in my playlist. And you know what I think is good to know? Because I didn't know this was a single. I think it's good to know. I think it's really a good sign if you uh, are, are an artist who chooses the singles correctly. Um, Lindsay, I think your this, face right now. <laughs> I think that this is a correctly chosen single. Um, okay. I'm just saying it's it's the most like, it's the most like, it's pop. upbeat. I wrote it's, it's a welcome a change of pace. Yeah, it's a poppy kind of single. Um, you know, some artists don't know how to pick their singles very well. I'm looking at you, Stephanie Germanata. Um, but wow, first and I, last name. I'm first the biggest name. fan. Gloves the, come off. No, I literally love her more than anything. You know, you know, you're. I'm a little monster. You know, you were once upon yeah, a time. Mm-hmm. I was. <laughs> I know you sometimes still are. Wink, wink. I dabble. But no, like, I think overall, 
she's had some questionable singles. I'm looking at you, Art Pop. Not that I'm comparing Tony Collette to Lady Gaga, but at the end of the day, I feel like choosing a good single can make an album look better. And you think this is one of the strongest tracks on the album? I, Absolutely. I really do. You know what I wrote? You know what I wrote? <laughs> for this one? I don't want to know. <laughs> I wrote on my title annotation. I can only hope this song was therapeutic for her because it sounds like poetry from an 11 year old. No! You need to be I said canceled. It. You need I to said be it. canceled. Let's Cancel me. Here I was though, because me and Sam briefly texted before and I was like, oh my God, because we were both like, we love this song. We love this album. We're like, I'm like, I'm so glad we agree on the subject this week. Like, we're going to have such a great time. Do you time. really like this? Do you think this is a bit? I'm I, wondering. Because I thought I'm serious. it was quite bad. I love it. I'm honestly okay. serious. <laughs> For me, it's like, I feel like I, I love it despite my better judgment. Like, I'm mm. aware I'm aware that the lyrics are lacking. I'm aware that it's not as exploratory as I would have liked. If I listened to it without knowing who Tony Collette was, I would probably uh, think that's nice and then Fair. never really listen to it again. But because I love Tony, I love her work and I love this. And I do think exactly. that I was I, I was watching it, listening to it rather, looking for things to like. But Same. I do genuinely love Look Up. It's a coronavirus anthem. I'm let's read, I'm let's read this some is of the all lyrics. Sleek. I will also say, I need to say that one of my other notes for this song Okay, I have a couple of pretty negative ones. <laughs> uh, I remember the tune of the the words, but right away I wrote that there is extreme dissonance between the vocals and the instrumentals. And if I remember correctly, oh. it comes in with really slow piano and her voice comes in, you know, full steam ahead in a kind of shocking way compared okay. to the music. That makes sense. Yeah. What I did like about this song was I think the bridge where she just does a bunch of numbers because I, I did think that uh, the lyrics were poetically um, dissonant, un, un, uninteresting in yeah. as in the sense of like, I couldn't really see the wordplay that I guess I wanted to see. Um, it felt kind of first drafty. But the yeah. verse that goes one for your yeah. time, two for your words, three for a picture of a four-dimensional world. I really liked that rhythm and I still do like it. Invented I was thinking during that part. What? I was thinking during that part, Tony is on some 12 days of Christmas shit right now <laughs> with these numbers. And I was also, it's interesting to me that you should bring up uh, the bridge because Many of these songs do, do not, not have, have a, bridge. a bridge. Oh, almost I didn't none that. of them. Which I we would say, even this bridge is kind of less of a bridge and more of just a a, a tangent. A, a, yeah, tangent is what it felt like. Maybe that's what a bridge is. So let's talk about song structure. So, what's everyone's favorite part of a song? The bridge. Bridge. Everyone knows the bridge is the best part. It's the best part. And, and we you learned, know what? Not and we learned. People... Oh, go. What? No, no, you finish. 
we learned from Uptown Girls in 2003 that you need a bridge. Brittany Murphy has this whole big thing with her rock star lover about it. I think I bridge is very important. I, I But the thing is, people are literally acting the bridge left and right nowadays in pop songs. I think it's bullshit. The bridge is the climax of the song. It is the climax. That's where you lay it all on the line. I mm-hmm. know. You lay it's, out your sleeve, your heart. You, you drip it down all over your body. It's the, the bass bridge. drop. You cross the yes. bridge. I don't yes. need a bass to drop, okay? I only need a bridge to walk across. Oh, wow. <gasps> Whoa. I don't that need a nice. bass to drop. I only need a bridge to walk. It's a walking cross. That's, that's <laughs> a better lyric than any lyric. And when you edit this, can you send me that? Because I really need to remember this. Yeah. I don't want to write it down. Uh, yeah, but it's true. Like, you know what the breast bridge of all is? So, What's everyone's favorite bridge of all time? I have no idea. Oh my God. That's a really good question. Um, TikTok by Kesha is the best bridge ever because the whole song is crazy. And then she just goes, fuck, I don't even remember because I'm thinking about Tony Clutt. The party don't start till I walk in. No, no, no. That's the pre-chorus. That's the pre-chorus. Oh, fuck. I just Googled TikTok and I got the dumbass app. I'm oh, such a non-Gen Z. I okay. thought that when people were talking about TikTok for a while before it was so big, I thought that there was a meme about the oh, song for like right. maybe a full month. <laughs> Me too. Okay, here's here's the this is the TikTok bridge. Ready? Yes. Um, you build me up, you break me down. My heart it pounds. Yeah, you got me with my hands up. You got me now. You guys get the picture. But That's the a good whole thing. song just goes dark. And then we're first introduced to Kesha's darkness. Mm. And we learn that sometimes she's built up and broke down like a bridge. But she keeps walking into the party. Don't stop. Make it pop. So wow. that's the best bridge I love every bridge. I can't choose a favorite. The bridge is the best part of the song. I live for the bridge. Bridge Sometimes over water. I actually don't like that song. Sorry. London Bridge by Fergie? Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Water Under the You're Bridge by Adele. You're thinking of London Bridge by Fergie. Yeah. Um, I love all bridges Songs. and I was sorry not to see them here. I'll Songs say. with bridge. I I want to call attention to some lyrics at the end of this song. Um, this is a long song. It is a long look song. Look up. Look up. Um, oh, it's 43. The, I mean, the, it's 433. The longest song on this album is like six minutes long. And it's the last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's got a very I, I long, slow outro. Yeah. I got lost in that song. Um, I thought that the last kind of verse when she says the fools are fighting there's love that's dying an earth that's crying for the life it once knew yeah environmentalist tony that was her being an environmentalist she is an environmentalist she is one yeah I, was, I thought that was interesting. I was telling Jake before this about an interview that I read that she did uh, for one of her very first movies, Japanese Story, in like 1999. 
apparently the movie was part was partially sponsored or they got help from this big like oil and mining company and during her press tour for it she said that that company was raping the earth and then they got mad at her because they were like we literally produced this movie and they wanted her to apologize and she released a statement that was like different opinions are what make the earth wonderful good for her which fucking i appreciate that i love that you know she had short hair at the time. Oh, 100%. That is such a short hair Tony move. Love Should we move on Tony. to the fourth song? Beautiful Awkward the Pictures. The titular track. The titular track, the titular. which I personally, you said it was the other single, right? Yes. I don't really like this song. I, I feel like it doesn't reflect the rest of the album, really, and it just felt weird. The best thing about it is the strange title. It, um, it, it, felt, it felt like it was... Well, wait, let me let me psychoanalyze the lyrics again, because at first I thought that it sounded like the song that would be a couple's first dance at their wedding. But then as Mm -hmm. I got further into it, I was like, is she talking about her children? But her children hadn't been born yet. So it's also about her perspective children. Because she says, like, you are so pure, my love. It makes me cry, which I feel like whenever somebody calls somebody else pure, it just makes me think that they're talking about a newborn baby. This song like to it. me is well about death. The I don't I was pretty confused about who she was singing to. I think just singing to her partner being afraid of losing someone. But the part where she says don't ever die that right. that to me I wrote I wrote biggest what the fuck moment WTF moment. So I far. love the lyric um beautiful awkward pictures that you take with your eyes and fingers i wrote that i also tagged wtf that made me think about it was either a tweet or a tumblr post that said that if you're fingering a girl and you press on her g-spot at the same time as your as her clit the pussy takes a screenshot that's pretty good i remember that post that's Um, is that true guys yes yes Yes. Well, I don't know because nobody's ever done that to me before. But <laughs> yes, oh! <laughs> she ate. <laughs> she she ate. <laughs> you fell off with that one, Sam. Hey, um, fell off is the bad I, one. They, the world fell off. The world. Oh. Fell the world off. fell off with making that G against spot. you. Yes, the world has conspired to make sure that I never have my G spot and clit. The fingered at the same time. Okay. It feels that way sometimes. I it does. The world did conspire for that to happen. I looked at my horoscope today on the pattern, and it said like you may feel like you're being put through all these trials for no reason that other people around you aren't being put through. This is intentional, and I was like, great, great. My horoscope literally told me that the universe was conspiring against me. I got a friend you on the pattern. Yeah, What's I never check it, but I like it. It's I've never heard of it. App. I downloaded it today, and you I think like it more time? than CoStar. Well, for the second time, I had it for a little while, and then I deleted it because I wasn't checking it. That's my relationship with astrology apps in general. Yeah, but now Lindsay, I'm looking for something to believe in. I want to have you on more apps, Lindsay. Okay, let's let's link up. Link what tree. apps are you on? All of them. Just kidding. Okay, well, let's link up. You're on CoStar. Of course I'm on CoStar. What do you think okay, I am? Okay, I'll friend you. 
I'll you know, you're not going to be able to find me. I don't know what my name is. It's a bunch of numbers. I think mine might be Little Girl. <laughs> That's beautiful. definitely my, my name. My name's Beautiful Awkward Picture. I would never. But, uh... <laughs> you hate this album You hate so it much. so much. Much the, way, much the way I feel about Hula Hoop Records, <laughs> i.e. how can anything produced by a company called Hula Hoop Records be good? How could something, how could an album called Beautiful Awkward Pictures? I, I did see oh, the yeah. album. Well, what would you have title. called it? I would have called it Trouble with Sister. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally self-referential to In Her Shoes. There's so much to say about this album. No, I actually okay. am a little overwhelmed actually, by the time. So Before, should, should we move yeah. on to Trouble with Sister? Well, yes, because I need to say something, Sam, and this is... This is something that I've been thinking that I it hit me. You guys know I love jukebox musicals. So this whole when what I got is a to, jukebox musical? It's a musical where all the songs have were like already existed, having been written like, by a musical artist. Oh, like Mamma Mia. Mamma yeah. Mia, or in okay. a more literal sense, Jersey Boys. But it's about the band. But I was like, right. listen, I want to do a United States of Terror musical with this album. And Stop. Trouble with Sister is sung by Charmaine. That would and be beautiful. Awkward so pictures is when good. Tara is thinking about her family and she's taking, oh, she's painting them. <gasps> oh my God. Do and it. Then, Do you it. know what? And then also, we're getting a little bit ahead, but the song Johnny's Lips is about Pammy, sung by Buck. I. But that's as far as I got. Yeah. I, wrote, I don't even know what you're talking about, and that sounds great to me. You're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, but yeah, so, uh, Trouble with Sister Trouble is with a sister strange title. It's interesting to me because Tony doesn't have any sisters. She has well, two brothers. Well, that's why it's a, it's about her filmography. Right. It's about in her shoes. Maybe she's the titular it sister. It is about in her shoes. Maybe. I think that maybe she is, especially if she doesn't have a sister. Or maybe it's about her sister-in-law. Oh. Maybe it's about her uh, as a as a gal's gal, just her life for her gals. <laughs> this no, she's song, one of the boys. This song was especially meandering. I liked this, this song. I like um, it. It's charming. I think that in uh in like a spiritual like in a what am I thinking of in a visceral sense, it reminded me of the sort of bittersweetness of not of living away from home and then going back to see your family and it's like oh we have so much to keep off catch up on i'm so happy to see you but also we're never gonna have enough time to catch up as she says in the mm. song and it sucks that like i haven't been here to watch you grow i just see the end result of it or i get like a progress update every few years as opposed to when you're growing up with the person and you watch it from beginning to end. That's beautiful. I'm listening you, to it. I just listened you're to the welcome. beginning of it and it's it's very bluesy. It's very like country inspired, like the guitars on this track. Um, one of the more country-ish songs, I would say. Because before this, it's been a little more rock adjacent. And then now we're getting into kind of like country territory with Tony. Can I ask Little you guys a, a question? A twang, if you will. Um, do, okay. Agree or disagree 
Life is a riddle and meshed in fear. <laughs> Agree. Agree. No, disagree. That doesn't mean I, anything. Is that what I she says? Yes. I don't want to agree, but I it think is. I do. You know I, what? Now that I think about it, yes. That one really stuck with me because I was I was taken aback at the negativity. I was like, I hope my whole life isn't enmeshed in fear. That's awful. But then I was thinking about it and life is enmeshed in fear. I think this lyric a riddle. Piggy in the middle, life is a riddle. In to, that one was to weird. a certain extent, when I think about it, I don't think any single emotion has held as much power over me throughout my life as much as fear has. Yes. Whoa. It's the it's the most like emergency signal emotion. And small fears too. Just I think fear we cannot escape. The most obvious fear of death. Mm-hmm. We all. Which she addresses in beautiful awkward pictures. Yes, she touches on everything. I'm not in afraid of album. anything. Oh yeah, prove it. Scare Jump me. out your window right now. <laughs> on air. Is it open it? On air live. Mm-hmm. Live from New York. I'm jumping out my window. Instagram live. Just saying. Six Don't four, do it. So I would Imagine killing yourself <laughs> on an. Imagine killing I'm yourself surprised. on Instagram live. I'm surprised more people don't. They have. Don't yeah. make. You guys are literally creating the reason for them right now. I think people should kill themselves on Instagram live. I think it'll really stick it to the people Sam. who disappointed you. <laughs> Yeah, and say their say say their names while you do it. Name names. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Thirteen reasons why. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? I haven't seen that, but I'm scared just to it's, know it. It like I every time I watch Thirteen Reasons Why, I've seen two different seasons of it, both of which I binged over the course of a couple days, like a year apart. But every time I didn't know you watched that while out. while I was watching it, because it's like a bad show, like it's laughably bad. So while I'm watching it, I'm like, this is a camp masterpiece. This is so funny. I'm having the time of my life. And then without a doubt, every time I finish a season, I immediately cut myself. Oh, God. It yeah, like, that makes sense. It like gets inside of me, even though I think that it's not like spiritually, I cannot I so you're saying that it just should not have been made. I shouldn't say that's not a great review for a show. Yeah, because it's like, because they get so graphic. Like I skipped the scene where she kills herself, but there's like an extended scene of where you, uh, I don't know the details, but you see her like slitting her wrists in the bathtub or whatever. And then there's like, there, there's, there's a, there's like a, a rape scene in season two. There's multiple rape scenes throughout the show. And they that, show that too. That are super gratuitous. Yeah. There is no reason to show that stuff, especially if the point of the show is that that stuff is bad. Yeah. It's it's just gross. Like, I feel like people... Um, yeah, and I'm concerned for gross. the actors on set. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Hello. 
I won't be watching. I won't be tuning. I'll tell you that much. I tried to watch. It ended, right? I think so. Or like it's about to end. I like Miles Heiser. He rules. He's great. I love him on Parenthood. I love him. Yeah, Brandon met him. Brandon met him in a bar in Nashville. That's right. In Nashville. Mm -hmm. How random. Yeah. How random. So the next song is Tender Hooks. Tender Hooks. Okay, this song we can all agree is about sex. I had no idea what it was about. Okay, the chorus is access, access, working on overload. Access, access, bring my mind home. She also says this thing about taxi, hurry, take me there quickly, please, quickly. What about Um, the lyric physical prowess, physical prowess? Where's that? Oh, yeah. Well, Tinder hooks, desire, flowers and hours. Physical prowess, physical prowess. I think, yeah, you know what? Bending me backwards, bending me backwards. I think. Oh, I think it's like. The song doesn't feel very sexy. I think it's like sexual language being used to describe um, how she both puts out and is put out by her man. Like he's asking too much of her in some ways. She's like overextending herself, but also they have sex. You know what it sounds. You know what I just realized she sounds like is Amy Grant. Do you guys know Amy? No, Amy Grant. No, she sings some banging Christmas music. Isn't she a Christian okay. singer? <laughs> yeah, she's she started as a Christian singer, then she switched over to like adult contemporary pop in the nineties, oh. and then. She, but I grew up listening to her iconic Christmas collection. Tony has a similar voice. This it's not relevant here, but just imagining Amy <laughs> Grant singing like a sexual song like this is just made me laugh this song to me oh i have a lot highlighted you love this This song this is my least favorite too this one in mosaic life we're not the same you and i we are not the same we are not the same but (laughs) but there are many things i don't like about this song but yet i like how much to me it's about sex Mm. it's what i experience when i listen to it it's what i experience you're gonna Um, wake up at 3 a.m and like need to put this on and like (laughs) you know what lindsay m word i'm gonna i'm gonna put this h word (laughs) i'm gonna put this on my sex playlist you oh are God. right now. No, I'm not. Better. <laughs> okay, Sam, I will. Confession: I'm glad that you have me on Spotify too because sometimes I see see you on there, and I don't know if what you're listening to is like private. You know, like sometimes when you listen to songs, you don't necessarily expect that someone you know mm-hmm. can see what you're listening to. I I always think about <laughs> that, and I always look at what everybody else is listening to whenever okay, I use good. Spotify on my computer. Sometimes you're like, like listening to feature. something and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I like go, it's usually Fiona Apple, but yes. then sometimes it'll be like something wild and I'll be like, ooh, what is she doing right now? And then like, also one time it was like high school MT jams was the playlist, like musical theater. Yeah. And I was like, or oh like yes. Mountain? And so I did check out your playlist. High school musical theater jams uh was the playlist i one time while i was like high in the back of an uber made a playlist called real musical theater bangers and then i looked at the playlist a day later and literally none of them were bangers my mummy says i'm a piece of shit 
<laughs> from Matilda. What is that? Oh. <laughs> you scare me. I don't know about musical theater. I thought you meant mountains when you said MT. I wish. You are so rustic, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm mount- I'm mountainous. <laughs> I have I found a very I found I have pretty long comments in this about Tinder uh, in this yeah let's see let's see I would love to see your document I can show you so tender hooks here are a couple of comments I have first of all right off the bat I say not many lyrical artists would feel comfortable using language so sparingly <laughs> I'm referring to the fact that each line has one word well, that's just um, a tone. It's what you call a tone poem. Yes. One could call it that. And I have also a comment that says, well, I say, of course, on bending me backwards, I say this song is about sex now. And then, okay, under flowers and hours hanging on tender hooks, on tender hooks. Desire, you liar. I said, elementary, <clears throat> earnest. I think I can tap into her intentions here pretty easily. But the execution leaves something to be desired. This is someone who knew they could get a record produced regardless of quality, though to be fair, it was produced by a label called Hula Hoop. That's where I was thinking that. But this Amazing. this album, first, you said it so well with first drafts. She did this in one go. Which is surprising to me because, well, she said in an interview that it's a bunch of songs that she has written that she's been writing since she was 22, but that she hasn't had as much time as she likes to devote herself to her music. Of course. So I, I do think that, like, That's she co- that this is the same version of the song that she wrote when she was 22. Like, she wrote it 11 years ago, didn't right. adjust it at all, and then sang it. Because she's so booked. Yeah. Why wouldn't she have the time to exactly. edit these songs? Just record them with your husband and get the show on the road. That makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that I do think that this, or the fact that I originally thought that this whole album was about her husband. And it gives me new appreciation for the composition of the album as a whole. Because I do yeah. think they built a pretty strong narrative from beginning to end. And conceptually, it's there. I see it. Yes. And you know what the thing is? Is I feel like whenever someone who makes just like a pop, like an album, I, I don't have any specific people in mind, but when someone's just like, I want to make an album, that's not normally what I do. It's usually a bunch of like, you know, dubs. It's just like drops, really, really bad lyrics, like not even attempting to have an artful anything. And then just like auto-tune the house down. And she is none of those things. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you don't normally make like a a thrown together album that's actually got a concept, I guess. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. It's just not, it's not generic is what I'm saying. Yeah, there were some- It could some... be way more generic. It doesn't have to be electronic, but it could have had way more generic tropes attached to it than it does. Language aside, I think it's overall more elevated than it could have been. Yeah, I think that there are certain songs where I definitely wanted her to get more specific. We spent <laughs> a lot of time on Tinder, so we want to go to Black and Blue. Yes, yeah. okay. So Black and Blue is about 
an avoidant attachment style and somebody who keeps letting go of relationships as soon as it seems like things are supposed to get serious. Um, and I liked it. Well, I think this is one of the strongest songs on the album. Yeah. I don't remember so it I very could, much. I don't remember how it sounds at all. I have I'm listening to it right now. Say about it in my notes. I think that she's talking to herself because she addresses, she's addressing a you and she's saying like, you do this, you do that. That man would have married you, but you ran away. And then she yeah. says, I see you running away and turning yourself black and blue right. or something. Yeah. You wear your armor yeah. like a glove. So basically you. saying when you walk away from these relationships, the only person that you're hurting is yourself. You don't knew that you don't know the first thing about love. It's true. I'm watching you have your fun. I think that this catch your breath even if you wanted to. Yeah. I actually don't know if she's talking about herself. It just seems like because the rest of the songs on the album do seem to be from the first person point of view, but um she could be talking about somebody else. It's a good song. Or she's though. talking about maybe uh, a former lover mm. of her of her love or maybe someone she's in competition with too but i like the interpretation of it being about her i think that that also that's the tony we meet in cowboy games Mm. yes when she she can be a little reckless as we said she wears her heart on on her sleeve she's playing for keeps she's putting it all out there risking it for love but she's also afraid of love because she wears her armor like a glove when push comes to shove <laughs> as she says in the song sign from above she does a lot of a b a b um i was just thinking you know what you were saying earlier you're like i'm surprised that they are still together i think um personally as an artist a very award-winning artist uh cage mat i'm just kidding um <laughs> I think that for me, at least, it's easier to kind of draw from stuff that I'm not as emotionally invested in currently. Yeah. Um, that's why I always think it's interesting yeah. when people are like, oh my God, Taylor Swift, Adele, like they only, you know, they write songs that are like, oh my God, like the, the current raw. I'm like, I feel like everybody's had failed relationships in their past or whatever. I feel like I feel like better art is made when you have a little bit of removal of perspective from it, hindsight. And I think that Tony is probably drawing from a bunch of stuff we don't even know about. With I think that she wrote all of these while she was processing in real time and then assembled them into yeah. the album with that hindsight. And right. that I think is the strength of the album, mm-hmm. as yeah. I said, is the way it's composed as a whole, not, mm-hmm not on a song by song basis. Would I say that any of these songs are strong on their own? I would not say that, no. But the concept (laughs) I think is is there. And it comes through really clearly. And the, yeah, the, this song is another one of those kind of folky, like country bluesy. It's like slow, it's just a very like contemplative. She loves that contemplative, like, looking back on the past, look back yeah. at it moment. Look back um, at it. She I looks back at it on tender hooks. You know she saying? really, well, she's backwards. Yeah. She's bending backwards on tender hooks. 
<laughs> there is a sort of I wrote this down for Mosaic Life, but she seems at once very emotionally invested and at peace with what's happening throughout the album. Like in Mosaic Life, she keeps on asking all these questions, but then has that chorus where she's like, it's all part of the process, baby. Like we're just learning and we're living. So I think yes. that that hindsight is a strength of the album as well. Hindsight yeah. is what? 2020! Mos you said it. You said it, sister. Mosaic <laughs> Life is the framework, is the conceptual framework of this album. Yes. Wow, yeah. It AKA should have been called things, Mosaic Life. It should have been called Mosaic Life. Thank you. I didn't think that until now, but you nailed it. Imagine if the, the album was called Tender Hooks. Love it. <laughs> that's, too, that's too obvious. <laughs> I just hit I my head on my chair. I can see why she, oopsies. I can see why she might have called it beautiful, awkward pictures because it's certainly awkward. <laughs> you make me laugh so hard, Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay, <laughs> Even I when miss I disagree you. with you, I just laugh. <laughs> Sorry. I, I say it like it is. Have you been you vaccinated? I'm double, yeah. Yeah, baby. You're double? I got my second dose. Guess when? When? Today. 420, February <gasps> 14th. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Oh, not April 20th of next month. February 14th. <laughs> Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day you... at 420. So that was your Valentine. Yes. Wow. That's right. That's awesome. And then I went out on the street and, and begged for a kiss. And no one gave it to me. So you're basically immune now because you are double vaccinated. Yeah. I and guess Sam you can look I, at it that way. I'm getting my second dose on Friday. <gasps> I'm getting my second dose on April 11th. Oh my gosh, that's soon. So, so we, we can all we should get on yeah, together oh, yes! in May. Wait, I would love to. <laughs> May will be here in no time. Wait, so... And you know what's coming up in May. Your birthdays. It's our birthday. It's Listeners, our birthdays. they have the same birthday because they're twins. That's right. We're Gemini. Wow. Trouble with sister. And we're um, we are trouble <laughs> with sister. That's definition Gemini. That's your band name. That's our band what name. What is Tony's sign? What is Tony's sign? She's I, a Scorpio. Her birthday is, is oh, November first. Stop it. She's a Scorpio. <laughs> Her birthday was the day. Crazy bitch. The morning after we won cage match was Tony's birthday. That wow. explains um, that explains her wild side. That yeah. explains Sexually. why we won. It explains her sexual yeah. freedom. That explains uh, cowboy games. That explains tender Johnny's hooks. Lips. That explains Johnny's lips. <laughs> Let's do we, do we want to move on to Johnny's lips? <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, so I wrote I wrote three notes for this song. I love this song. It says number one, shortest song on the album. Number two slaps number three i wish she would go ham this you know what i wrote like what? more ham i wrote most wretched sound award <gasps> for what the the way this song begins was like most wretched sound like, it was a horrible <laughs> noise it sounded awful i think i, I let me think play it I think that when I heard this song again, oh. I made the face. It's an aggressive song <laughs> yes. when it's wait, wait. It's shocking. It's I want to listen to it. It's a shocking intro. 
Okay, so yeah, it's like a little bit of a piano <laughs> explosion. <laughs> and but I, then she piano explosion. I like it. I love she, it. She immediately says, "Johnny left his lips on my window last night. Didn't want him to go, but I didn't want to fight." That's a bad. That's a bad lyric. But you know what? He did leave his lips there, and that's why. Oh, you know what my favorite lyric in this fucking song is. Now oh, I am scaling I bet, I bet. this yes. fish of a city. This yes. fish of a city. That's her first what? attempt at figurative language. And and she she fell off. <laughs> she ate the she fish. Okay. That no, is she ate not that fish. Good. I love Scaling this song. This fish of a city. It fucking rules. Swim in the safety of her silver nightlight. Come on. What are you talking about? The first dream of the future. I know it's contrived. Because Johnny left his lips on my window last night. I can't believe her with these songs. It's about young love. It's about like falling in love with somebody in your hometown. This is about Cammy. This is her version of I Know the End by Phoebe Bridgers. Where she smashes the guitar. Whoa. Mm-hmm. When she's is like- that I- where she screams? Yeah. She's like, yeah. I know I have to- And that's why I wanted Tony to scream at the end of this. Are you guys fans of Phoebe Bridgers? I only know that one song. And I'm, I love it. I'm- I'm a listener, though I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. I mean, I, I like it enough for me. to listen. It's, it's too slow for me. I do love Motion Sickness. I think that's a good song. Oh, that song's boring to me. Sorry. It's the most upbeat. That's why I like it. I don't like when I like, no, Kyoto. Kyoto. I like, do you know what I like? <laughs> she has this performance of her doing I Know the End on Seth Meyers. When but, she smashes, oh no, that's on SNL. No, on Seth Meyers, it's this weird thing where the camera is following her around like, a, like, a, like an ancient room or something and then she walks out in front of a stage in a big theater and she's just kind of looking around and she's like i know i have to get out of this town someday and it's very like sincere and uh she's really like kind of acting and feeling the lyrics and i love that video it's very comfortable i'll watch it i love acting (laughs) i love acting i i will say Johnny's lips again I'm obsessed with the I'm obsessed with the idea of concept in this conversation I, uh-huh. it literally if you're listening to this take a shot every time I say the word concept Conceptual. or conceptually I do think Johnny's lips is the best is, song on the record no certainly not although <laughs> my note after after my note most wretched sound award my note says this Immediately, the sounds of this song are a mess, but I think this is where the album as a concept really comes together. M dash the dissolution of a marriage. This is where she breaks. She this is infidelity. Yeah. Oh. This is the T. And you know what? To put it into you know what this song reminds me of Sam in terms of rent is contact. Okay, I would have thought you- about it as um. When, um, what you own. Okay. You know what? That's good. Do you know Rent, Lindsay? You know Rent. Do I know Rent? I saw Rent once a couple years ago. I know the song about um, being young and, and having um, pizza with your friends and staying up late <laughs> talking about everything. <laughs> what? You know that song? What? 
Where it's like, stay out till four, get pizza at five, talk with my friends about everything. And they're (laughs) jumping up on the table, singing and dancing. Love Ebo M. Oh, Love Ebo M. Yeah. Oh, and they're they're being no. like, they're being like go out for coffee, go to the theater, spray um, paint the alley. They just say everything. Yeah, everything none of those lyrics do. are in the song, but I get what you're going for. Oh, yeah. in the beginning when he's like, yeah, okay. The whole song is Mark's just first an idea verse. Of anything you could do. The Bethlehem and he's verse. And standing on the table. No, um, hold on. Dearly beloved, we gather here to say our goodbye. To riding your bike midday past the oh, three, the three pieces. Pieces. To yes, fruits. Yes. To no absolutes. No absolutes. To absolute. To choice. To the to village, village voice. To any passing fan. To being in us for once instead, instead of, of them. That was my Adina Menzel impression. Happy Vibrato oh, <laughs> much? Oh, shocking. <laughs> you know what we're doing shocking. next. You're not even ready, Lindsay. The next song? You're not even ready for the podcast direction we're going to go in after this. After Holy this, shit. after this, after Tony and ends I'll, next week. Um, okay, I, I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't wait. So the next song on the album <laughs> is called Tent Waltz. And my first note for this said she's preserving her voice, which was a bummer to me because this song, this album would have gone the fuck off if she would have just damaged her voice a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Does she do something? Does she like sing like this or something? No, but she... um. There, there there, were a lot of moments on the album where I wanted her to belt more or to like yeah. push her voice more or, or I think to sing a little bit more out of her range than she was comfortable doing. Because I'm not like a music person, but I was like, it se- there were a few moments in some of the songs where I was like, it seems like this should be getting higher now. Yeah. Yes. Modulation. And, and they don't at all. I love when people damage their voice. Like Adele, when she cracks that, when she cracks her voice, like it's the best thing you can do for the art. Um, Yeah, give it your all. My my thing when this song, when I saw the title of the song, I was like, I really hope it's not actually a waltz, and like the title is a misnomer, Uh, but it is. It actually is in three four time. We could waltz. I don't know what a waltz is. We should have waltz is like a waltz. A waltz is uh, it's like three beats per measure, usually. Over my head. We literally should have brought this song into our ballroom class. Tent Waltz by Tim Ticlet. And waltzed to it. So this was like the Romeo and Juliet song. It's about a forbidden love. Yeah. Which I'm bored of personally. I'm bored of forbidden loves where you don't say why it's forbidden. Yeah. Especially when straight people try and have forbidden love. Sorry, guys. I just don't. I don't, yeah, I don't think this love is forbidden. I think this is about uh, is about uh, a fleeting love, a, 
a difficult goodbye saying goodbye to someone who you love but you can't make it work especially the lyric this this lyric to me let's see i wrote a note uh i was gonna guess that my note said so true and my note says this is so true (laughs) hysterical laughter hides what we can't talk about who hasn't been in that situation i have we all have been there i don't know you know I what feel like you, you have when when like okay <laughs> when you and the other person are thinking about something that you can't talk about so you that you can't laughing. say so you laugh yeah that's so true um, you've never been done there that. or also when I wear my heart on my so sleeve you guys we've done that in we- front of like Chris Booth probably <laughs> I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. Have you have you ever had it where something is so sad you have to laugh? Mm-hmm. At uh, funerals. Yeah. <laughs> you have a problem. One hundred. No, because you're. Or something where you're go, just like. I- <laughs> <laughs> Not no. what I'm describing. That happened to me in high school. Okay, I have a story. I went to an an overnight acting camp that was like a month long the summer before my senior year of high school near the end of the program uh some of us had an illegal birthday party for one of the girls because we were supposed to be in our own rooms by 10 p.m and like not leave until the next morning because we were minors and the state was responsible for us so they had to know where we were at all times but we said whatever at like 11 one night we all went into this one girl's dorm and then the head counselor RA type person woke up and heard us and went on this huge rampage and went like running down the halls and like tearing everybody's door decorations off the walls and everybody kind of like scattered and just hid in like the closest dorm that they could find and whenever people would try to go back to their own dorms he would catch them and be like I caught you we're gonna have a meeting tomorrow and it was this whole big thing the next morning the whole program, all 29 of us got called into this auditorium and all of the RAs one by one like screamed at us for leaving our rooms past 10 p.m. And one of them was like, my family has a saying, you only have to say fuck you to me once. And last night you all said fuck you to me. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. And then they're like, we know for a fact that there were 12 people involved in last night's party. We have their names. And now we're going to ask everybody who was involved to stand up. And the entire, like everybody stood up because we were all in that dorm. But the counselors thought that it was only those 12 people. And the counselors thought that we were doing some I am Spartacus shit. And they were like, and, and they were like, whatever, fuck you guys. And then they listed the 12 names and said, if you're on this list, stay here. If you're not on the list, go to fucking lunch. And oh my God. And I wasn't on the list because I hadn't been caught. And I went to lunch and me and this girl, Allison, started laughing hysterically because it was so strange what had happened. And then one of the 12 people who had been called in came over to us and said, stop laughing. Six people are getting sent home. And we were like, what? And they could put those 12 people in a room and said, we can't send 12 people home 
So pick six amongst yourselves. They did not do that. And people had to like volunteer to go home. Yeah. And then only five people volunteered. And then they were like, you need one more person. You need one more person. And then they got these two people who were roommates. Um, One of them was my roommates. One of them was my scene partner for the final scene. The other one was my first kiss. And I had just kissed him like a day before. And they were like, and they were like, all right, it's either gonna be Alex or Gavin, you know, and, and neither of them would agree to go home. And then they were like, well, if somebody doesn't agree, we're gonna make everybody else vote. So then Gavin was like, all right, I'll go home. And then the counselors went up to the acting teachers and stuff. And they were like, we're sending six kids home. And all the teachers said, no, you're absolutely not. And then nobody got sent home. And then the the counselors were like, all right, nobody's getting sent home, but we're still really mad at you. And everybody, and they like, they took our phones for the day. How old were they? They were like in there, I would say, well, the head counselor, John, who had a number of issues with the students, I would say was in his early thirties at the time. But most of the counselors were like early to mid twenties. I have to say- this yeah. makes the adults look even weaker. It's yeah. so it's so reactionary that it makes you, them look crazy and then they lose all they lose all their power when my, you act crazy like that. My theory is that the counselor wanted us to be a cult, but we were shitty teenagers who didn't respect him, so he didn't have the charisma that would have enabled him to turn us into. You gotta have charisma. You shouldn't have to try. Exactly. You shouldn't have to try to be a cult leader. <laughs> it just happens naturally. Because if you've got so what it takes, charismatic, like Lindsay, I would follow you. I would follow you. That's funny. You guys should say that because I've always thought my brother could lead a cult. <laughs> no, in, but I, in a way I don't where I'm like, he's so I charismatic. I could, I'm mm-hmm. jealous. Thank you. Thank you. If I did, well, you'll have to take my word for it. Who from Type Principles do we think is most likely? Lindsay, I am so like happy to be friends with you because you're so intelligent and I respect your opinions. I respect your opinions so much. And we disagree so fervently on almost every (laughs) piece of media. But here's the thing about Lindsay that I even struggle with myself is like, I feel like Lindsay dislikes things, lets you know, and but doesn't hold it against you for liking them. Yeah. Which I think is such a great character trait. I'm not even kidding. Like I know so many people who get so personally offended that you don't like something that they like or that they don't like something you like. And they just like, they're like, Ugh. and I'm not talking like politics because obviously that is- Right, that's different. <laughs> that's different. But like, because I think politically, Lindsay and I are pretty on the same page. But like, yeah. we don't have the same taste and everything. But we still we both laugh. voted for Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> we both voted the Klob. Um, yeah, and we both uh, love to be amazing improvisers. Yes. Yeah. So, which that's is all you politics. need. That's all you need. I hope. Right? I yeah. hope that that's true. I don't want to. I'm trying to think of things that I judge people for liking. I don't know. Nothing comes no. to mind, really. And, I, and that's what I'm saying. I have sometimes, I'm like, oh my God, like, sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, they don't like this thing that I like. Oh, they must not like me. But then I'm like, oh no, that's mm-hmm. not how it goes. That's not normal. That's not can I behavior. Can I tell you guys something that has, or it, it hasn't been troubling me in recent, recent times, but a few months ago, I was having a bit of a, a crisis for like five seconds about this. 
which is that to your point about people seeing you as a reflection for like the of the things that you consume Mm -hmm. I was having a really I was getting stressed out about the fact that I was finding that all of my conversations with people were about books and movies and tv and music it was only about things that we were consuming it was all about media like what articles are you reading like what shows are you watching whatever and it was really bumming me out that the only things in our lives that we could talk about were things that really had nothing to to do with us because you know we're we're experiencing so much less than we usually would like an on a day-to-day way and I feel like we can't process a lot of the larger things that are happening to us right now and it was it just was really freaking me out that I, I was I felt like my life was nothing more than like an, an assemblage of the things that I was engaging with in media mm-hmm. and that really that just I was like we are just consumers I've had that same thought I felt so like shitty about it over the past year really um Mm -hmm. and it sucks because it because we're in quarantine and there's nothing else like you said with the day-to-day there there's not as much i saw this today or like this happened today it's just i had this zoom meeting i think also it's you know like coming from college and also like even type principles or or just any social where you're being more social than that we have been the past year. Mm-hmm. There's like social drama or whatever that arises or relationship things. And, you know, if anything, I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm someone who I like consuming things like media is like my life in a lot of ways, because I like, to, I like, I'm an artist. Like I want to create, I want to be in TV. I want to, do that kind of stuff so for me it feels like somewhat productive but at the same time Mm -hmm. throughout this past year when I'm not doing that I'm dealing with friends or social things that are actually very dramatic Mm -hmm. because everyone's losing it there's no low stakes drama anymore it's like you your low stakes drama is watching tv your low stakes drama is you watching reality tv and your high stakes drama is your friend is you is people around you like falling like, apart at the issues. fucking scene falling apart and right. you also trying to hold it together it's so it there's the, yeah it's like very like there's no only like these two ends of the spectrum yeah yeah there's no gossip anymore it's just like very serious conversations like we need to talk about this and then that's and the thing I too did... is that if we're not talking about what we're watching we're talking about fucking covid which i'm also sick of. right at least I'm god we're that. not talking about the election anymore because that was oh whole... god yeah it it, I did speaking of just relating everything in in my life back to media I did read an interesting article a few weeks ago about how this pandemic has killed gossip and it was it was written by this Mm. woman who was I heard about the article on a podcast and then I read the article so anyway so but this woman was I don't remember what the podcast was it was probably this American life but the woman described something very dramatic that had happened to like her friends, roommates, brothers, sister-in-law's cousin. 
<laughs> about basically how two brothers, one bro- there were two brothers, friends with one woman. One of the brothers was in love with the woman and was for their whole life and was like, finally one day was like, I'm going to make it happen. And then the, the two brothers and this woman were hanging out together and the one brother was who's in love with her is trying to, you know, work up some liquid courage and ended up getting totally wasted. His brother knew what he was planning, but he brought him home because he was like, you're so drunk. You can't, you know, you have to go home. You have to excuse yourself. The brother went back, had sex with this woman. Neither of them cared for each other. He had sex with her. He found out that she was in love with his brother all along. But then the brother found out that they had sex and now hated hates them both. And so anyway, then there's this crazy love triangle. But I was so wrapped listening to this story. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe it. This with the brothers. And I was like, I was like, I might as well know these people. They have it's ultimately is like who gives a shit this stuff happens all the time. But it really, I was like, just listening to that was so, so satisfying. No gossip in so long. Do we want to talk that kind about of relates many to vitamin, vitamin pills? pills. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Let's get back. Let's get back to it. Wait, we so have two more I, songs. We're we're going to. I'm I'm gonna probably cut out the last like ten minutes. So that's um. I don't remember what we were talking about before. Tent walls. So we can. We were talking about it. hysterical laughter. Hides what we can't talk about. Wow. And I do want to just say, and this is the la- and I don't have any commentary. But I just think that we should, this is what people say in my work all the time. I just think that we should name this. I just think that we should name this. I can't hear a thing and I'm shaking and crying like some bad late night TV movie end of song. Least closure I've ever had for a song ever. I liked that there thing. was no closure. That was well, you know what? There is it. no closure when you, when, when you don't have closure. Yes. I often find that that the form that she she uses the form to kind of you know demonstrate meaning. She she's kind of has some experimentation there. It's very free free raw. flowing. Yeah. Raw, raw. Raw. Raw raw. All right, oh, so the next okay, song is pills. Vitamin Pills. I love uh, it. Personally, but... this is the best fucking song ever. You know what I? <laughs> you know what my comment is on this song? My first comment. What? What? You know what it is? What? Is it she should have no... just said vitamins? <laughs> no, maybe it's an Australian thing. I say there's no earthly chance that a song called Vitamin Pills could be any good. And I okay. <laughs> <laughs> she thought her name was Jesus moment. Were you was your wig off? My yeah. I think so. Do you love that? I think it was. No. Oh no, I love that. So let let's just read all because this okay, not all of it, but taking vitamin pills with a bar of chocolate. Love that lyric. What the fuck? Even out the mess, you can probably guess when she looks at you askance. The tear in her dress. She's losing it. She thought her name was Jesus. Chopping wood with her pinky. Oh my God. I love this song. Every line. This is figurative language. Sorry, sorry. Stroking her flesh to make sure she's there. 
Don't yeah. want your attention. That's me. Attention. Sometimes I think <laughs> that I'm a ghost. Yeah. Hey. I have I have a friend who during a manic you episode. I have a friend who during a manic episode thought that she had died a while ago and that she was living like a half life. And it made Wild. me that's what it made me think of. I think it's just about like a person losing their mind. I love that when she thought yeah. her name was Jesus. I love she that. She thought that she was why. untouchable is what yeah. that means. It's like classic. And she didn't yeah. know she could be hurt like this. And then you want to talk about wearing your armor like a glove? This is going to make you wear your armor like a glove. Oh, how about this one? Caring too much to care. Wow. Beautiful. She fell off. <laughs> she ate. She fell off. No, she ate. Well, we'll see about that. We can agree to disagree. If I've learned anything today is that we can agree to disagree. We can. I will say that I don't have too much more to say about this song. I... Yeah, I think it speaks for itself. It, yes. Yes. It has uh, good parts and bad parts. The next song is called Cowboy Games. It's about cowboys being pigs and slut shamers and undressing you with their eyes. And her being one of them. I love when she says she's, she's a cowgirl. What do you guys think about the female gaze? I don't think I mean, it's the male gaze. Such a thing. I mean the male gaze. Oh, the male gaze, I think, is real. <laughs> male gaze is Thank real. you for flipping the script. Female um, I gaze. Think female gaze should be more real. I think that it should be more real too, but I don't think that it will ever exist or hold any weight in the world. Yeah. Mm. Not even when a Simone woman directs de Beauvoir a movie. Simone de ass bitch. What? But not even when a woman directs a movie and shows a lot of male butts. No. No. Because it doesn't uh, come with the societal power. It's, it's also you're following a patriarchal script, babe. It's also, mm. it, it's always a subversion. Yes. Yes. Instead of an, an actual. The female uh, gaze is not real. Wow. It's just a subversion of the male gaze. Wow. It's rock from Adam's rib. Mm -hmm. It's rock from Adam's rib, babe. It's a rock from Adam's rib, babe. Don't even worry about I'm it. Here first. Although I will say I like what she does in Cowboy, Cowboy Games. Yeah, you oh. do like this one. You noted that. Earlier. I like um, instrumentally, there's a little like guitar riff that sometimes comes in the moments that she's not singing that sounds uh, like old westerny, like cowboyish that I enjoyed. I like this imagery she's using. Um, for the cowboy because it's kind of out of nowhere. Like she's all of a sudden in the old West and this whole album, she's kind of been looking through an attic and now she's just in the desert. Yeah. I have to say that for the second, well, as we discussed earlier, this is the longest song on the album. I have to say during the second half of this song, AKA during three minutes, three minutes of time, <laughs> I thought to myself, I thought to myself, I could write a song from this album. I could write a song that would sound like it would be on this album. And you know what I did? Did you do I it? wrote a Tony Collette song. <gasps> Please. Which I, I was so embarrassed, really. No, I love it. Are you going to sing gonna, it? I'm going to ask one of you to read it because I was embarrassed. But I really do honestly think this is what her music sounds like to me. And I wrote it in three minutes. And they think oh that I God. have something here. So I, I'm going to send excited. it in the chat. Jake is the singer. Oh so my I God. think that Jake should sing. I'm the singer? Is that what they call me? 
You're the singer of the, of the group, of the three of so us, at least. So what's the melody like? Can you I give me a little didn't pitch? Think, I, didn't, I didn't write it with a melody. I wrote it as a poem. So it starts Do with a wretched sound, um, right? Dear Prudence. I don't know that song. All right. They both, <laughs> both of these. Amazing, amazing. Both, both of these songs have the line, the sky is blue. Okay. So. Okay. The sky is blue, that much is true. Like me and you, let's say I do. Spread my wings, a morning dove, just like I love, sent from above. Head in a cloud, my thoughts are loud, but I'll make this fun without a doubt. Let's say I do, let's say I do, let's say I do, I know I do to you. That is, un that is uncanny. Tell me I'm wrong. This That's is like word she for word. Put this on the album. This she is the deluxe the version. Album. 15 years later, she releases the deluxe version. And what is the song called? This guy's blue. Yes. This song is yeah. It's that, it's that it, it's that <laughs> Emily Dickinson thing that she does for the first song. The first song is called "This Moment Is Golden." This moment yes. is golden is also the first line of the song and doesn't appear anywhere else. This in moment it. is golden. Yeah. Yes. It's it's got the classic Tony um A B A B. Okay, because here's the end of song repetition, which she loves, and then she does yeah. a little bit of a twist at the very end, like in Cowboy Games when she says we take them to bed. Yeah. Have you and um it's very simple as well. Have you considered a career in songwriting? I'm open to it. I think we put you in contact with If you guys with think this song is with Hula really Hoop good, Records. If you guys think this song is really good, I'll contact Hula Hoop Records. I would love to record this for you. Okay. And we I could would... be a band. Okay. I'm open. I'm available. What if we were just a Tony Clut and the Finnish cover band? Now that's <laughs> never been done before. <laughs> Sam, what were we gonna do? Brand new. Wait, you and I, Lindsay, we were gonna be a cover band. Remember, we were gonna be an LMFAO cover band. That's awesome. I don't remember saying. You that, remember? That's awesome. We and were going to do that because we're you both uncles. <laughs> we're uncle and nephew. Yeah. Which is the whole point of their whole thing. Wow. I can't believe you don't remember that we were gonna be an LMFAO cover band. That makes sorry, sad. but I think that's a really good idea, Jake. Your favorite piece of media that we have imbibed for this podcast has been unbelievable. Is Beautiful Awkward Pictures <laughs> better than Unbelievable? Yes. I love you so much. 100%. This is my favorite Tony media <laughs> of all time. And unless The Wild Party is better, which I don't know if it will be, this wins <laughs> the entire fucking thing. You sick fuck. I'm a sick fuck. It's better one than my, Clock Watchers. One of my AirPods oh, just I died. Oh, I want to watch that. It's so Who good. Who? It's a good movie. Who died? Who died? One of my AirPods. Okay, so we we oh. should uh, wrap this up. Um, best, best prop. Prop. Oh, Fish City. Yeah, for sure. My best prop. Oh. No, what's yours? Um, maybe your hands and fingers. Ooh, 
Mine is um, the mosaic. Mm, nice. Best Tony moment, Linz? Oh. My best Tony moment is, okay, it's, there's a part, wait, wait, I need, let me get it, let me get it. Uh, okay, yes, there's a part in black and blue when, as she's saying a lyric, she, she sighs as she's saying it. It's the lyric is, but instead you stayed inside full of dread. And I love that. That was, that was Tony being, bringing her actress self and her musician self together. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Um, My favorite Tony moment is definitely when she first said she thought her name was Jesus. I was like walking and I just went, (gasps) my jaw hit the floor and I was like, she is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus My My best moment was also from Vitamin Pills. Um, the line, she's losing it. She really stretches out the O. She's like, she's losing it, which I really like. I thought that it was very exploratory. It was very experimental. Mm. It was very viewpoints. It was Mm. very, yes, Sanford Meisner. Yes. (gasps) Hagen. What was, you had a couple custom awards that you mentioned throughout, Lindsay. Yeah, Most Wretched Sound. Most Wretched Sound Award goes to the entire (laughs) song. Um, What's the song that I hate? Johnny's Lips. Oh, it's Johnny's Lips. No, it's the beginning of the song. It's, uh, yes, it's it's Johnny's Lips, Most Wretched Sound Award. I also had, I had a few top WTF moments, which I think I, I called out most of them. But I wanted to ask you guys um, what you think the most awkward moment was because the name of the album is Beautiful Awkward Picture. Uh, oh, the most awkward picture, maybe. Sure, we can say that. Mine is the, and I guess this can be my word too, mine is the awkwardly lowercase with in Trouble with Sister. Mm. Well, that is supposed to be grammatically yeah but nothing else no it didn't have to be you could have kept she could have capitalized it if she wanted that that would have been an awkward choice it would have been (laughs) awkward if it was capitalized that would have been incorrect my best awkward moment was jake saying that with should have been capitalized (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty fucking awkward of you jake Okay, uh, whatever. Did you have a custom award, Jake? That was it. No, um, um, I like the font a lot. So best font. Um, it's the Perks of Being oh, a typewriter. font. Typewriter. American yeah. typewriter. Um, and Tony's one eye just looking at you like all sexily, sultry, smoky eyeshadow. I only hope to look that amazing when I'm 33. On mm. your album cover. On mm. my album cover. Am Beautiful, I deceived awkward. easily? What? Am I deceived easily? That's a deceived. lyric. That's a quote. Thank oh. uh, My <laughs> custom award is biggest idiot award, and it goes to me for writing this note during Cowboy Games when I was trying to discern which instrument was doing that riff that I liked. Mm-hmm. I wrote, love this fucking metaphor and guitar riff. Bass riff? Violin riff? Guitar. <laughs> stringed instruments. <laughs> it's a bass riff. Okay. It's something. 
It's a mandolin. Bass riff. violin. Yeah. So mandolin. We. Dulcimer. I've reached the end of our podcast. Lindsay, do you have anything okay. to plug? Um. Right now, the only thing I have to plug is myself as an individual. <laughs> I just want people to know that I'm here. I'm available for life, love, experience, um, and hanging out. That's your cult leader manifesto. (laughs) Yeah, I'm available. Look me up online. Um, Get in touch. Did you see Hereditary? Oh, yeah. I saw it in theaters. Do you want to join us in Hailing Paymon to close out the podcast? I don't remember how, but yes. I you can just say hail payman. Hail, hail payman. Hail payman. Hail payman. Hail payman.